you know, as you become more successful and the, the meaning of money starts to slip away and the things that become more apparent are our contribution and legacy, because those are the things that really, really make you feel, feel good about yourself. At least they do for me. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community, proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. It is a journey. It is not an overnight success story, but it is absolutely 100% possible. I am living proof of this, and many of the guests that I have conversations with are also living proof or at least on their journey to living a life of abundance and prosperity and paying it forward in their community and in some cases around the world. I am very honored that you would be here listening to these conversations and listening to my voice and tuning in to Men of Abundance, and especially for those of you who are enjoying it to the point to where you're willing and excited to share it with others. You know, one of the biggest ways to live a life of abundance is to give, pay it forward. If you want more love in your life, give more love. If you want more patience, give more patience. If you want more knowledge, then share the knowledge that you currently have and others will share their knowledge with you. You want more money? Then yes, give more money. But here's the trick. Don't do it with the expectation to get any of that in return. Do it unconditionally. Do it from your heart. Do it because you know it's right. And you can pay it forward today. It's very simple to pay it forward in such a huge way by sharing men of abundance with others that you come into contact with. Do not prejudge. You never know what other people are going through in their life. You know, most people that I talk to, I see them on social media and I interact with them and they have one life on social media. And then when I meet them in person, face to face, I realize that they got the same issues I have. They have the same issues that everybody else has. And it's interesting that when we interact with people on social media, we tend to only see what you know basically the good stuff partly because that's some of what they're posting but also just because of the algorithms of social media but when i meet somebody face to face i can see all their beautiful flaws i can see their challenges their struggles so don't prejudge anybody especially those who you're interacting with on social media Post Men of Abundance post this episode find another episode that you resonate with post that episode and share it with people in your circle on social media. I greatly appreciate it, and I'm telling you right now, they will come back and thank you for it. I also greatly appreciate when you take just a couple minutes to leave a rating and review on iTunes, specifically, or any of the podcast player that you're listening to this on right now. Just take a few minutes to rate the show and leave a review so that I can see what your thoughts are, where we can improve, or is it helping you in any way, shape, or form? I love to read those, 
And what that does is it pushes us up in the search engines when people go looking for men of abundance, abundance, or anything of the sort. Again, I greatly appreciate you. I also want to mention real quick, specifically for you business owners out there, I have a brand new podcast that just got started. It's already getting some great buzz. It's called Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery. You can basically find it on every single podcast player out there at this point. I do not have a website specifically for that podcast. It is hosted on Anchor. So any of the content that I write specifically for the podcast that is not in the show notes of the show itself comes back here to men of abundance in a specific squeeze page of some sort. So if you're looking specifically for abundance and prosperity, business and marketing and lifestyle strategies, then you want to check out Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery, where I'm sharing with you business, marketing and lifestyle strategies that you can implement that day in your life and your business. I look forward to hearing your thoughts about abundance and prosperity business mastery. Now, our future guest today is part CEO, part personal development wonk, part biohacker info geek, and a self-confessed serial entrepreneur. While his favorite book list contains many success-oriented and personal development classics, the traditional definition of achieving success, for instance, making a lot of money, is not what inspires today's future guest. He follows more of a you aren't doing well unless you're also doing some good line of thinking. His company has been built around the simple principle of do the right thing. In 1999, his personal passion for food and his concern over the explosion of metabolic disease led him to found Steviva Brands, now known as Icon Foods. With a mission to help food manufacturers replace unhealthy sugars in their products with natural options. With 20 years and research and development work, he has helped hundreds of manufacturers improve the quality of their products. In recent years, his passion for food and optimal health have intersected with his embrace of a ketogenic diet. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Tom King. Tom, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Wally. This is uh, it's a huge honor for me to... Uh, to be hosted by you. And uh, I'm looking forward to diving into this Men of Abundance podcast. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Where are you at in the world? I'm in Portland, Oregon right now. Sunny Portland, Oregon. Actually, not so sunny. <laughs> well, that's funny because I'm in sunny Tampa, Florida, but today it's a little overcast. So not, not super sunny today, but still a beautiful day. Nice. Absolutely. Every day. Yeah, excellent. So we were talking a little bit pre-show and getting acquainted and everything, but before we get too much into our conversation, which I know is just going to be freaking amazing, uh, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Oh, man. You know what? I get up every morning, and I mean, the first thing I do is journal. So, I mean, and that's the, you know, that is the biggest, I think that's the sort of sets the stage for my morning. And a big part of that journaling is, is what am I grateful for? And so, I mean, really, I was grateful this morning for a quiet time to reflect and write. Um, I'm grateful for my, my businesses and the lifestyle that they afford me and each tenant and each customer and each client and each employee that's helped me build my business. I'm grateful for my family and the love and the unconditional support that they give me. So I have a lot to be grateful for. That's pretty amazing. What does doing that, what does journaling do for you throughout your day or even in general in your day-to-day -day activities? 
Um, well, I think that what it does is it 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 really it breaks breaks down my intention. So, I mean, I usually like I'm pretty structured about my journaling and it evolves, you know, every couple months, like I'll make a shift. So I usually ask myself <clears throat> some questions to get it started. And the first question I ask myself is, how do I feel? You know, so it helps me get in touch with my body. It helps me get in touch with what's going on inside of my head. Um, and the next, the next question I asked myself is how I practiced restraint. Um, and I mean, restraint to me is, is very important. I, you know, I, I try to, you know, follow the writings of, uh, of the Stoics and it, it really puts me in more of a Stoic mindset of being able to, to show restraint and to be committed to constant and never ending improvement. And then <clears throat> the next question I ask myself is how am I going to pr- improve today? So what it does, is it sort of sets a structure or sets the, the framework for how I want my day to manifest. Um, you know, and then I, you know, also journal about my purpose. Like, what is my purpose? Like, why am I here? Um, you know, I think that unless a person is able to define their why, like, why am I here and why am I doing this? Um, you don't have a clear path. So I always, um, I always part of my, part of my journaling process deal with my why, which is I'm here to contribute. I'm here to share. I'm here to be generous with my listening, um, you know, and my enthusiasm and, you know, my ideas and knowledge that will help other people um, be able to grow. So um, and then I end my journaling process with an affirmation and it's usually a breathing affirmation, you know, like with every inhale, I, you know, I track abundance, um, prosperity, um, clarity, wisdom, sobriety. And then, you know, the things that I lovingly, lovingly release are negative thoughts, bad habits, people and circumstances that don't that no longer serve my entire purpose of of legacy and contribution. That's awesome. You know, there's a few things that I do throughout my day uh, throughout the week and I and I do what I can to stay as consistent as possible. But there's a few things that when I do them regularly, uh so many things just seem to come together more often in my life. And journaling is one of them. And Mm. my attitude of gratitude, I wake up every morning, almost Mm -hmm. every morning with an attitude of gratitude and actively uh, have gratitude for somebody or something in my life. Mm. And when I fall, when that starts to fall to the wayside and I kind of back off on doing some of that, Things just don't go as well as, uh, mm-hmm. and I've just noticed this because I've been doing it for so long. It's, <laughs> I, I can just say unequivocally, there's there's nothing that um, makes my day better than prayer, uh, journaling, and having an attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's super important. I think that that creates the foundation, <clears throat> the foundation of your day. And like, if you have a strong foundation underneath you, it's just going to make you a pillar of strength. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about, you know, I shared your bio and everything and a little Mm -hmm. bit about what you got going on, but that's all professional stuff. (laughs) Here on Men of Abundance, we like to get to Mm -hmm. know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, Mm. how would you describe yourself? Um, A work in progress. (laughs) So it's like, I, I, I think that the way that I perceive myself is probably not 
in alignment with how other people perceive me. So, I mean, I'm the CEO of, you know, my own company. Um, you know, we're fairly successful, but I still don't see myself that way a hundred percent. So, and I'm not sure where that's coming from. Um, that struggle, like I talked to a lot of other executives that, you know, suffer from, you know, this sort of fraud syndrome, you know, they, the, you know, they don't think that they're qualified for what they do. And, um, you know, and I, I think it sort of permeates the industry. I think people that have a certain level of awareness, um, can touch that. And I think that if you can touch it and you can find the place where it comes from, um, you know, you, it goes a long way to dealing with it or, or vanquishing it. So I would say that I, I tr try to come from a space of, of kindness and abundance and gratitude. Uh, sometimes I don't, but I work on it. So I would say that I'm just like everybody else, a work in progress. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> and the, what you're talking about that, I think you said fraud syndrome. I refer to mm. it as the imposter syndrome. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's just a term I've heard and used over the years because I felt it. I've, you know, when I started doing the, the podcasting and all I did, the reason why I started this podcast, uh, and you know, condensed version is to gather stories from other amazing people living a life of abundance and somehow paying it forward and who would share that kick in the gut moment with me mm -hmm. with the with the listeners which we're going to get to yours here in just a minute mm -hmm. but over the course of time people started asking me to coach and I was like well I am living an amazing life of abundance but I don't know that I'd be able to coach in doing something like that right so mm -hmm. it was like who am I to to share that with somebody else and, and, you know, cause I take that kind of stuff very seriously. If somebody asked me for, you know, to come into their family and mm -hmm. not physically, but you know, technically I'm coming in to basically manipulate or completely screw up their family. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. So I take that very seriously. And, and imposter syndrome is a real thing when it comes to writing mm -hmm. a book um, mm. or, you know, being an adult. <laughs> You know, right. being a CEO of a company, it's like, is this really, really, that's what I do now? Yeah. I mean, I suffer from it all the time, but I think that, you know, I try to also sort of shift my mindset. And I think that if, if you aren't suffering from, from imposter syndrome, you're not pushing yourself. Um, so if you feel super comfortable and you don't feel like an imposter, I would say get out of your comfort zone and get comfortable with being uncomfortable because yeah, I think, I don't think that the imposter syndrome is unhealthy. I think it's a sign of somebody reaching, you know, further than they've reached before. So I don't know, that's a, that's a different way of framing it for me that feels much better. Yeah. Cause the contrast to that <clears throat> is an inflated ego that <clears throat> says to yourself, you know, I can do anything I want to do. I can do this. I can do that, which is healthy in itself, but it's not to the point to where you're you, like expert. I don't like the term expert because that to me is saying an expert is telling me that they feel that they know everything there is to know about that particular subject. Mm -hmm. And it's just not true. There's always something new in any industry, in anything. There's always something new to learn. Uh, especially I've had this conversation recently. I was just at PodFest Expo this weekend over in Orlando and I'm talking to millennials and I'll be 50 in May and I'm talking to these younger kids and I'm just blown away with their thought process and their work mm -hmm. ethics 
completely contrary to what some mainstream folks might say about that particular generation. <laughs> but I've got so much to learn from them. It's just un unbelievable. And they've got much to learn from me and they're humble in that as well. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm telling you, I talked yeah. to so many. I met at least no less than a hundred new people in the podcasting and YouTube space and all on mm. so many different subjects. Uh, mm -hmm. It just blows my mind, uh, the, uh, the intelligence of people across the board. Yeah. So do you mind if I ask you a question? So you, you, so when you were at this, uh, with, at this conference, I mean, so you were, you were talking to a lot of millennials and millennials seem to have a, a reputation of not being hard workers and being snowflakes and stuff like that. And, you know, my experience has been varied and I can't, I can't honestly say that you can pin a poor work ethic on any particular demographic. Like, I think that a poor work ethic isn't an age-related thing or a generational thing as much as it is just the drive that that person has. And so I don't, I I follow Simon Sinek quite a bit, mm -hmm. um, and he did an amazing TED Talk on millennials about how, you know, they're sort of broken because they were told as youngsters that, you know, they could do anything and be anything. And it created this sense of entitlement. And then when they went out into the world, they found that, holy crap, I, you know, I actually have to work and I'm not just going to plug into the CEO role, CEO role, you know, that, you know, these are things that I, you know, um, that I have to do in order to be successful. So in my organization, you know, we do have quite a few millennials, um, working for us. And what we, what we found is an effective way to lead them is actually more like teaching them how to self parent and how to, you know, and coming at it from that perspective. And did, it, with your interactions with millennials, did you find that to be the case? Well, you got to understand one, the uh, particular individuals that I was talking to at this conference, they're forward thinkers. They're the type of people mm -hmm. that are like, for instance, one kid was has a podcast called Unspoken Secret. And mm -hmm. what they talk about on this particular show, uh, his name is Bradley uh, Talbot. And what they talk about on the show is everything that's kind of taboo, these little secrets that people may have, like, for instance, eating disorders uh, that they're not willing to talk about in public or they don't normally tell people or, you know, their sexuality or what's going on at home. They're being beat at home and, you know, all kinds, just all kinds of topics. And I and we, we had this really unique um networking event during the during the over the three days where we sit and we meet so many different people and just listening and i talked to this guy i met him at one of those tables and i talked to him mm -hmm. afterwards uh i talked to this other couple who is a young couple and they've got a um a podcast out in salt uh, salt lake city called i am salt lake mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. talk about so many different topics but you know i'm i don't subscribe to the whole idea that based off of work ethics and thought processes just based off of a generation because there's people that are in my generation quite frankly that I remember back when we were kids and even knowing some of them as adults as I run into them over the years they were lazy back then they weren't forward thinkers they didn't want to learn any more than what they had already learned in school if they had gotten through high school uh, because some of them didn't 
And mm-hmm. some of them, quite frankly, went on to wear an orange jumpsuit, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, you know, definitely. Went to prison and, you know, they're mm-hmm. just not great people. But there are some that are amazing. And I mm-hmm. find it the same thing with other uh, with other generations. And I, mm-hmm. I know, I know the uh, Ted talk that you're referencing with, um, Simon Sinek and I'd have to watch it again, but I do remember that based off of what he said during that particular, no, it was a, it wasn't a Ted talk. This was a particular conversation that he was having with somebody mm-hmm. on somebody's show. And I didn't agree with what Simon was saying in that particular instance. I do agree a lot with what Simon does say. Mm-hmm. That being said, Simon being the, I guess, guru of leadership, Mm-hmm. Uh, having never led anything, in- <laughs> honestly, he's, Interesting. he's you know he's written a book on leadership. Mm-hmm. For instance, leaders eat last. Mm-hmm. He studied a lot of leaders in the military. He talked to a lot of leaders in the military, and he wrote the book mm-hmm. on leaders eat last and leadership. Interesting. But what has he led? I challenge right. you to look it up. Now, that being said, that's not a hit on him. That's sure. just saying that you know, as as far as millennials, what mm-hmm. I see in that is kind of a generalization is they, they question the status quo. A lot of them that I've seen that I've met personally, mm-hmm. they don't want to sit still. They want to, they don't want to go to college right away. One, because they see the return on investment isn't what it used to be. They're YouTube generations. They learn so much on YouTube. My son, he's 19. He mm-hmm. has learned so much on YouTube. My other, my other one is going to be 25 in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, he taught himself how to play, play guitar very well on YouTube. Wow. Never had a lesson, you know. Hmm. So they're they're a YouTube generation, and that's where they get a lot of their knowledge and their information, and they run with that. They go act upon it, which I think hmm. is really cool. So yeah, know, it's just I don't like the overall gen- generalizations, but sure, that's just kind of what I see. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it totally does. And yeah, I I. I also draw inspiration though from uh, Jocko Willink. Oh yeah. Um, which I listen to every single day. So like yeah. when I'm in, you know, when I'm in the gym working out, I'll listen to I'll listen to his podcasts. I'll listen to his recordings. I'm sort of addicted to that because I think that you know that really I think Jocko really has you know has been able to define you know like what leadership, courage, and valor. Um, and how, and how you actually obtain those is through Mm -hmm. discipline. So that's another one that sort of, I thought that might resonate with you. No, it does. Absolutely. I dig Jocko, uh, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've watched his YouTube and I listened to his podcast as well. And one of the things that I will say that this younger generation doesn't have, even my generation for that matter, you know, the, the baby boomer generation, the, the, well, not the baby boomer necessarily, but the, the, most of them are no longer with us anymore. But, you know, that World War II generation mm-hmm. and the serious depression generation, what I challenge with, the challenge that I have with my kids is I grew up. I say poor, not, you know, completely poor because there's a big difference in actually being poor. Mean, to me means no no chance for education, no health, edu- you know, no no health insurance or any way mm-hmm. to get any, you know, health taken care of. But I grew up in a trailer behind an, in another man's backyard. We couldn't even afford the trailer park. Hmm. And I had adversities growing up that my kids will never experience those adversities made me who I am today. So my challenge today is in reference to the kids is putting them through adversities to make them resilient, 
when mm-hmm. they do have uh you know get that kick in the gut moment that they can bounce back quicker right yeah yeah definitely i mean and for me i i've found that adversity and pain have been you know, have been my greatest allies. So like when I look Mm -hmm. at situations, because I didn't grow up with money either, um, you know, and it was, it was tough. It was, you know, it was tough when I was a kid. But, you know, when I look at those adversities and, you know, sometimes like I look back on situations that I've been in before, like uh, when I got divorced and how much money it ended up costing me and the pain and frustration, you know, I look back on that sometimes and reflect and think, wow, I wished I would have never met this person. But then almost immediately, I'm like, yeah, but if you didn't meet that person, you wouldn't be exactly where you are in this moment and you wouldn't be who you are. And so I think that just takes me right back to an attitude of gratitude, like Mm -hmm. being grateful for, you know, every experience, both good and bad, that has just brought you right, you know, right here, right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of adversity, uh, we're going to get into that kick in the gut (laughs) moment so you can share a little bit more in that regard. So if you would share that kick in the gut moment with us that really took you to your knees and make us feel that. Um, I would say that the kick in the gut moment for me was when I, I mean, I started my business in 1999 and I moved out to, uh, I moved to Portland and I had sold, sold my house and, um, really used every single penny that I had to, um, you know, to grow this business and it wasn't taking off at the level that I needed it to, to take off at. Like I wasn't covering my bills and every single bank that I went to and every, you know, and then I had venture capitalists wanting to take 50% of my business for not enough money to keep me, keep me going even. So I was, I was at a super desperate point and my father and I, you know, have always, well, had a, uh, a fairly contentious relationship. Like he was pretty hard on me. And so it was my sort of my last ditch effort to, you know, to not fold up shop. I had to actually call him and ask him to loan me some money so I could, so I wouldn't end up losing my home and, you know, could keep my business going. And that, I mean, I've had so many kick in the gut moments. And I mean, that was the one that, that really pushed me to, to, you know, apply myself with, with an enormous amount of focus and drive and set my intention of what I wanted to do with my business. So while it was a kick in the gut moment of having to, you know, present this to my father and, you know, give him a rate of return and, you know, and have that discussion with him and feel like a big fat failure. Um, you know, that was a kick in the gut, but ultimately when I look back on it, you know, it was probably one of the best things that happened to me because the pain of having to go through that exceeded the pleasure of my sloth and really, really made me drill down and focus on, on being a success. It's amazing what being pushed into a corner like that will do for your, um, focus. It, it, it really, yeah, it really does. And I mean, in every, in every radical change that I've made in my life or every major step forward, it's, it's been a, a kick in the gut moment that is, has propelled me into that. Like the book that I wrote, I mean, I, that was a kick in the gut moment is going up to my hotel room and looking in the mirror and seeing somebody who was 35 pounds heavier 
with blood pressure 190 over 99 and going through a second divorce and just, you know, just a mess. And, you know, the pain of that really exceeded, you know, exceeded the pleasure that I was deriving from eating carbs and sugar and, you know, and just not having, you know, a focused, healthy lifestyle. So every single one of those kick in the gut moments has led, you know, has, has propelled me into deeper discipline. Yeah. And, you know, basically two things really push human beings to take action. And one is either moving away from pain or moving towards uh, pleasure. And generally, moving away from pain is a little bit more motivating than moving toward pleasure. That's why people get comfortable. So many people sit back on their laurels and say, hey, everything's cool. I got a good job. You know, the bills are paid. You know, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, but I'm not behind. Uh, And then as soon as, you know, one little thing changes, the refrigerator goes out or you need a new transmission for the car, then you're upside down Um, Mm -hmm. or you lose your job. And then you got to move, you got to push again to move away from pain. And what I found has helped me and guys, I'm bringing this up only because I see so many people that are in that situation. And I was for many years as well, where I just decided while I'm in this season of pleasure and this season of comfort, I'm going to push harder and I'm going to keep pushing so that I have a reserve so that I don't have to worry about stuff like that happening to me. Uh, What are your thoughts on that, Tom? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I agree 100% with everything that you say. I mean, I, I, it's my firm belief that, that, you know, that pain and pleasure are the only two things that really drive human beings, you know, like they're going to seek out pleasure and they're going to avoid pain. And I mean, I think that if people get too comfortable and they're not experiencing any pain, the pain is ahead of them. And that would be the pain of regret. So when you look back on the time that you wasted and, you know, the time when you could have really stepped up your game and now you're in this position. So, I mean, ultimately, people are always going to have to face some sort of pain if you want to prolong it. You know, that's up to you. My attitude is if you see something painful, you walk into it, you walk into it and you see exactly, you know, what the lesson and the growth experience is going to be. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I mentioned in your bio that kind of touches on this, because you definitely did push forward and, you know, you you got a book out, which isn't always easy to do. Uh, It's easier for some, but not for others. But you stated, and there's a quote that said, you aren't doing well unless you're also doing some good. What does Mm -hmm. that mean to you? Um, Well, I mean, I think that that that's sort of a testament to how I was raised and that I, I was raised in sort of a pay it forward type mentality. Um, and I think that, I mean, you know, as you become more successful and the, the meaning of money starts to slip away and the things that become more apparent are our contribution and legacy, because those are the things that really, really make you feel, feel good good about yourself. At least they do for me. Um, you know, and life is super temporary. Like it goes by super fast and, you know, you can, you can be somebody who's greedy, who, you know, isn't doing good in the world. You could still do well, meaning you're going to be sitting on top of a big stack of money. But at the end, you know, we, we end up in the same place. And so we are basically the sum of our experiences and the sum of our actions. And if, you know, if you're not doing 
good in the world, if you're not bringing good things to the world, if you're not, you know, coming to, you know, if you're not doing business uh, from a space of of contribution and, you know, and loving kindness, um, then you're just going to be sitting on a big, huge stack of money with no purpose whatsoever. And that 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 causes me pain thinking about that because that's suffering. If you, if all you have to show for it is a big stack of money and you haven't made any contribution, you got no legacy behind you. What are you going to do with that money when you're gone? Nothing. It's, it's, it's worthless. So yeah, that's what doing, you know, doing well while doing good means to me. Right. And see, that's exactly why I knew I wanted to have have this conversation with you for Men of Abundance, because uh, success is not about money. Living a life of abundance mm-hmm. is not about money. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, guys. Y'all know this. I love the feeling. I love the rush. I love the strategies behind adding value to somebody else's life in one way or another and getting duly compensated mm-hmm. for that. I, I enjoy that. But it's the adding value to other people's lives and then being able to use those resources to further uh, grow the community and further help other people. Because let's face it, the feeling of helping somebody, being helped and helping somebody else, it's the same feeling. It feels amazing on both sides. And for me personally, the more I do that, uh, the more that comes into my life because I do it unconditionally. Uh, and I just really enjoyed uh, reading that about you that, you know, about success not being about money, because a lot of the books that are written out there, it's funny because you take them for face value, like Think and Grow Rich, um, mm. uh, The Millionaire Next Door, uh, all these different books that, you know, they all have money in the title and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Beach Life and all this other kind of stuff. But when you re- when you really read those books two or three times, you realize that the success isn't the money. The success is the mm-hmm. journey and mm-hmm. the fulfillment when you get to the end. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that it's recognizing abundance um, because money has nothing to do with abundance. Um, abundance is, is sort of a state of mind. Like right. there's abundant air, there's abundant food, there's abundant love. I mean, you know, I think coming coming to the world from a place of, of scarcity um, is that's, that's the definition of poverty. Like you could have pl- plenty of, plenty of cash, but still be suffering, you know, from, from poverty and, you know, and, and a scarcity mentality because, you know, they say that the, the only people that think about money more than the poor are the rich. And if you're constantly thinking about your money and somebody stealing, you know, or losing it and you have to have more, that's coming at it from a place of scarcity. And if you, you know, if you can break that, that bond and, and look at the world from, you know, from through eyes of, of prosperity, I think that that makes a a big shift that can create a lot of sort of inner peace in a person. Yeah, I totally agree. And the scarcity mindset is, it, you know, and it's this mindset about sticking with the whole money uh, theme and, and the, you know, the filthy rich and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's the, you know, when we watch people like Kardashians on, on the surface and, and I say on the surface because I know people that um, follow the Kardashians very, very closely. And mm. some have actually had a conversation with, Kim and some of the other folks in in that family and they're not really what is portrayed on TV that's why I just say on the surface but I don't want to get into all that the point is this they're like 
2% of the population that you see that's that's out there that's amongst the the A-listers, if you will, where most of the wealth in our country, in the United States anyway, and in the free world, they're the people right next door that you would have no idea that they have that kind of resources that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I say resources because it's not just the money, it's the connections that they have. They're the type of people that when you share something with them that you want to do, they'll go, I'm going to introduce you to somebody. (laughs) And it's like, bam, done Mm -hmm. because they have the resources, not just money, but the connections and the relationships. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And connections and relationships are critical. Absolutely. Nice. So, brother, we are at the point where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Let's pay this forward. Excellent. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Um, Wake up in the morning with an attitude of gratitude. Think it and ink it, meaning journal. Uh, Number two is always, always be grateful um, for your situation, no matter what the situation is because there will be something better on the other side of it and always come from a space of loving kindness, contribution, and generosity. Excellent. You already mentioned a few rituals, which obviously is journaling and, and some others, but what are some other rituals that make the biggest impact in your life? Um, probably what I call my hour of power. I sort of stole that from, uh, Tony Robbins. Um, but I've just like really built on that. So when I get up in the morning, you know, the first thing I do, get a cup of coffee, start journaling. Um, I go from journaling to a run and then from a run to a workout. Um, and then, you know, once I finish my workout meditation, so meditation has been pretty key in keeping me focused and, and grounded. And so I start my, I start every single day that way. And I also, um, am a big subscriber to going to bed super early. So last night I went to bed at eight thirty seven, and then I try to wake up at, at, you know, before four thirty. Um, and that's when I, that's when I start my day because, you know, you're going to have at least a good four hour period to actually define what you want to get done that day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a morning person. My brain yeah. shuts down. It starts shutting down <laughs> about seven, eight ish, but by nine o'clock, you'd think I'm intoxicated and haven't had a drink all day. I'm like, blah, 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 because <laughs> I love these conversations and I always yeah. thought of myself as an extrovert, but as I yeah. learn more about introverts, introverts mm. are drained at the end of the day after, like, like the event I was at. I was mm-hmm. so drained at the end of the day. It was ridiculous. But yeah, I dig that, man. <laughs> Nice. What would you recommend that our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? Um, well, I, I would recommend that they read the daily stoic every day. Um, that's one of the things that I do. I think it's an excellent book, Ryan holiday. Uh, I think that it helps you keep your ego in check. Um, also, you know, helps you, you know, helps you be humble and come to the world from a place of service. Um, another thing I would also do is, you know, listen to podcasts, you know, like yours and, you know, because those are always going to keep you in, you know, in a positive mindset and keep you moving forward. 
Excellent. Yeah, great, great recommendations, especially that uh, Men of Abundance podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Men of Abundance, you make sure that you that you go on iTunes and give that give that puppy five stars, damn it. Man, absolutely. I appreciate that. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Fear. Absolute, absolute fear. Fear of failure, uh, fear of success. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are are afraid of success. I think that um, absolutely fear is what prevents people from being successful and being able to, you know, to understand fear and be able to overcome fear and you know, communicate from a place of fearlessness with people and developing courage, that is probably the biggest step that, you know, that you can take towards success. Yeah, I love it. What does being a man of abundance mean to you, Tom? Um, It means being compassionate. It means coming from a place of contribution and it means creating a legacy. And when I say a legacy, creating a, creating something, some value, um, that makes other people's lives better. Excellent. Absolutely love that. So brother, we are going to close this up before we do. What did we not talk about that you want to ensure our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? And I want to make sure that you bring up your book one more time as well. Um, yeah, I can shamelessly plug my book and I would just encourage your listeners if they want to know more about me, they can go to tomking.com, T-H-O-M-K-I-N-G.com. Shoot me an email. Um, if you, you know, if you like what you've heard and, you know, like what you see, um, you know, visit my website, uh, for my book, it's called Guy Gone Keto, um, about my ketogenic journey. We've also developed a line of ketogenic friendly products, uh, like condiments that, you know, uh, that you can, that you can use to cut back on sugar. So, or hit me up on any of the socials at guy gone keto, um, you know, comments by I'm good at returning all of those. So feel free to direct message me. Yeah, excellent. And guys, I'll have all of that linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. Just go there and search for Tom, T-H-O-M. He'll be the only one thus far uh, out of 240 some odd episodes. So it should be easy to find. And you'll find all of that linked up there to including including all of his social links and all that stuff. So don't worry about that writing all that stuff down. Absolutely, man. So brother, it's been a great conversation. I knew it would be. Uh, I have to uh, thank and give a shout out to Delicia Williams at Expert Bookers for connecting Mm -hmm. the two of us. Uh, She's been amazing so far. And I just want to thank her for that. And brother, just go out, live your life of abundance, man, and keep paying it forward. Well, thank you so much, Wally. I really, really appreciate you hosting me on your podcast. The questions you asked were absolutely, uh, absolutely thought provoking. So yeah, keep on doing what you're doing. You're doing good. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Have a good day. You too. All right. So your action steps for today are to take inventory of the pain in your life and face the pain. You have to confront the pain to overcome it. You have to first identify the pain, confront the pain, and then meet it head on because on the other side of pain is success. On the other side of that phone call, after that hard conversation with your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, boss, children, sibling, on the other side of that conversation is a sense of freedom and a level of success that you haven't experienced yet. So identify the pain, confront the pain, and work through it. 
And listen, I know it's easier said than done. I've just developed a personality. I've developed a part of me that basically does not negotiate with fear. It does not negotiate with the fear of the pain that at this point in my life I've learned is not actually pain. It's not actually painful, not physically painful. I've been through physical pain. I've been through heartache. And I know that some of the things that I need to do to be successful are not as painful as I imagined them to be. So I just work through it. As soon as I feel that my mind is starting to have doubt and say that I can't, then I just do it. I just do it. I just pick up the phone, have the conversation. It might suck. I might screw it up, but it gets easier and easier each time I do the things that I know I need to do to move forward in my life, in my relationships, in my profession. And it does take practice. I truly wish you the best with this. If you need any assistance, reach out to me some way, somehow, and we will figure out how to work it out together. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it for That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.